Hello, everyone. I'm Rachel Zabonik-Chanko, and welcome to the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. Today's guest is the always inspiring Paula Newbert, the president and general manager of Club Greenwood in Colorado. We talk about all things industry advocacy, from the formation of the Colorado Fitness Coalition to how to get involved at the national level and why this is so important. We also discuss Paula's leadership learning lessons from the past two years, her optimistic outlook for the industry, books she's reading, and more. Enjoy. This edition is sponsored by Club Solutions Mastermind Groups. The Club Solutions Mastermind Groups offer peer-to-peer support that's affordable, convenient, and for all levels of health club management. All right. Well, you know, I really appreciate you talking to me on the um, very important topic of industry advocacy. Um, I think that over the past couple of years, you know, we've really realized how important that is. But, you know, I want to ask you, you know, before COVID, did you consider yourself politically active? Not at all. Like, no, not even remotely close. The amount that I've learned in the last two years is, I, I mean, I can't even tell you. It's amazing. And made you realize what we should have all been doing a long time ago, but there's better, you know, never a a better time than to start. So we've we've all started, obviously, and we've all learned a lot. And I know there were some people that were more involved and thankfully we've been able to learn from them along the way. And then obviously, you know, bringing Liz on board is taking it to a whole nother level. So thank, thank heaven we are in the place that we are at, but prior to this, no, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, like you said, a lot of people were in that boat and they didn't really recognize the impact that it can have on your business. Yeah. Well, we didn't know. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's just a whole new thing. And now I realize how much impact positively and negatively it can have on business. So, yeah. Yeah. So obviously during the pandemic, you know, you realize the importance of it and you got to work, um, trying to make change and have an impact where you could during the really tough past two years. So walk me through kind of like the foundation of the Colorado fitness coalition and you just getting involved in that. Yeah. Well, you know, because each of us were trying to keep our businesses afloat and trying to stay alive, we were all reaching out individually to, every person that we could, you know, and most importantly was Governor Polis and to Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment. And we were bombarding everybody. And with all of us doing it, it was just one person after the next, after the next, after the next. And eventually we were able, because a, a, a mandate came out that was confusing. Yeah. And because of that, some players were doing one thing, some players were doing another thing. So everybody was really like just kind of distraught and frustrated as to what should we do or not do. So finally, the, the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment got all of us together on a phone call. And I was like, oh, that was smart of them, because, of course, they were tired of hearing from a thousand people and, yeah. and so forth. So they put all of us together on a phone call. And after that, uh, Corey Brightwell and I from Choose had a conversation, and then we kind of collectively decided let's start talking to a few folks that we know were really heavily involved, and um, see if they wanted to sit on the board with us and form a coalition. So Robin Jost with Planet, and Kelsey Donahue with Orange Theory, Jake McCabe with Genesis, and then Joanna McCloskey with um, Wellbridge. Excellent super bright, super knowledgeable group of people. And we all wanted to work together towards the the greater good. 
So it was a perfect group of people to be able to represent um, all of the partners. And, you know, and that's really kind of how it started. And, you know, I kind of moved into a a more of a administrative kind of keep things going, get the meetings all set, do all that role. Um, But everybody has played a huge, huge, important piece and have taken all kinds of different projects um, and run with them throughout the entire two years, nearly two years, I guess. Yeah. 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 What have been the biggest learning lessons from that whole experience and founding a state alliance? How working together gets a lot more done than trying to be by yourself. And, you know, we, we all knew that this whole entire time, but, you know, clubs, we've all been competitive and we've always looked at each other as, as competitors. And, and even though we do a lot of shares with clubs that are, are like ours, um, you never really realized the impact you could have in one geographical location, if all of those bodies work together. And we made some significant strides in Colorado that ended up being, you know, nationwide news through the coalition. So I feel like whether it was a combination of us and really trying to do the the best we could to Colorado Department of Health and Environment being willing to listen, to our governor being willing to listen, to our health departments and so forth. Somehow we all work together to to get some really good things done when we could have been in a much worse place. That's for sure. Yeah. Can you um, share some of the examples of um, maybe one or two things you guys were able to achieve through the coalition? Well, two of them right away where we were going to be closed two different times. And because of our relationship with the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, um, we weren't. So Colorado created this dial. It was their COVID dial. And it, you know, there was a lot of states that had something similar, but ours were color coded. And if you'd move to a certain color, your restrictions got worse. And if you move to the less, your restrictions got better. And two different times, October of 2020 and November of 2020, According to the dial, Colorado, uh, all the health clubs and studios and fitness centers in Colorado should have closed again. And they didn't because of the conversations that we had. So two different times we would have been closed. And then we helped um, put together what was called a five-star program here in Colorado. So from the fitness side of it, we helped put together the parameters and um, the specifics around, okay, here's what your club has to be able to do or your fitness studio has to do in order for you to stay open. You have to have this, 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 and this, and then you have to have somebody that comes in and actually inspects that, make sure that it's being done, and then you get your five-star. And we were, you know, part of the instrumental in putting together the fitness piece because all the different businesses in Colorado had, um, their same criteria for their industry. And we helped put together for our industry. Um, And then after that was beyond COVID. And that was having our governor do a proclamation for last May was fitness, you know, was, um, was proclaimed fitness month in Colorado. And Governor Polis was the first governor to actually do that during the COVID, you know, time and pandemic. And we're going back to have him do it again. So we hope, hopefully he will do it again. And we'll have this may also be Colorado fitness month. So those are just a few things. Yeah. I mean, amazing. Um, so the, yeah, there's no question that the coalition has had a huge impact. Yeah. Very yeah. much so. Very much yeah. so. 
Yeah. And then I think, you know, the industry has realized that it's not just important to be involved at the state level. It's also important to be involved um, at the national level as well. Right. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the a couple of things that happen, you know, URSA has a, a group of folks that work to give us legislation that's coming down or proposed legislation that's coming down at the state level. And Thankfully, we have that group of people that is watching for us, um, you know, bills that could impact us in a negative way or in a positive way. And then our lobbyists, the same thing, um, is looking at that legislation that helps us. But those things work together hand in hand. So Ursa working at the federal level, that federal level, excuse me, and then having a a state piece too that keeps us informed of what we need to be aware of um, has helped as well. I mean, we had a big piece of legislation changed here in the state because of URSA and our lobbyists working together too. Um, And all of that, you know, it all goes back to your question of how we really need to work together at every level from your city to your county, to the state, to the federal, and if any single one of those pieces is not working right, the whole thing's gonna fall apart. It's kind of like when you look at your club, you have all these different departments. Well, aquatics might be just performing crazy and tennis is performing crazy, but if personal training is not performing, the entire company is down. So you have to have every spoke of that wheel working correctly in order for the wheel to keep going around and around. And the same thing happens with all of us here. Now we're realizing how important it is for you to be connected to the mayor of your city and then be connected to your county commissioners, be connected to your local health departments, be connected to your state health department, be connected to your governor, and then your senators, your house of representatives, which, okay, I've never had so many conversations with them. (laughs) (laughs) you know it was there's their name and you got to vote and here you go and okay no it's a whole different thing now and you know the national health and fitness alliance is doing some great work and like i mentioned earlier hiring liz has just taken us to an entirely different level and and now the National Health and Fitness Alliance is coming out with a new program called Project 435. And I am happy to say that I am registered to be a, a, a participant in it. There are 78 different fitness folks around the country that have already applied. And if, if you have not been contacted, please make sure that you contact Kevin McHugh um, with the Atlantic club and Rachel, I'm sure you can put up his information through here. And um, to help get involved because ultimately what we're trying to do is assign a fitness professional to every single Congressman person. (laughs) Um, uh, And there's 435 of them. So that's why it's called project 435. So we need, 435 fitness individuals that are willing to have ongoing conversations with your, uh, either the particular person that is assigned to the district where your club is located or assigned to the district where your home is located. So my home and Club Greenwood are in two different locations. So I chose to take the person that's assigned to where I live 
because I think maybe I can get a little bit better impact. Plus our club is located in a place where there's a lot of fitness professionals. So they could, could get that um, particular congressperson. So if you haven't been contacted or want to get involved in Project 435, Kevin McHugh is a person that can help you know put you in touch with the, the right folks to make sure we get you signed up. And this is the beginning, or it's not the beginning because we've started already. It's another piece of us um, growing our strength as a fitness industry to the point where we need to be to be recognized at the federal level in every single situation that's going to come forward. That's what we want to make sure. We're never left out again. We're never overlooked again. And that somebody always goes, well, what about fitness? Well, what about fitness? Because yeah. never ever did they think about us before. And we want to make sure that we're on the top of their mind all the time. And the only way that we can do that is constant communication, constant education, and build relationships. We have to build relationships with them and teach them about the important piece that we hold in our communities, in our state, across the nation, and across the world. Yeah. Yeah. And the great thing about that project too, is, you know, just having a united voice and one message. And I think it goes back to what you were saying with the state alliances where you had, you know, tons of operators reaching out to congressmen with different messaging. And then this project seeks to solve that um, on a national level. Absolutely. And it, yeah. And and it's so important because, you know, they want, they, they don't have a lot of time and they're being heard by every stakeholder from every industry and all their constituents. So having a well put together professional statement that is a campaign that's united across our industry is key. And, um, you know, it's like when you market, you market, somebody sees an ad and it doesn't get to them. They see an ad again, it doesn't get to them. By the time they see it the fourth, fifth time, they're like, oh, I got it. So that's what we have to keep doing. They got to hear from us over and over and over again. And they have to hear our message over, you know, over and over again. Yeah, certainly. Um, what would you say to people who maybe are um, intimidated by getting involved or feel like it's a waste of time and that they can't really get much accomplished? I was in the same boat. Absolutely. And, you know, I, and when I'm getting ready to make my first phone call, you know, how's it going to go? Are they just going to hang up on me? Are they going to go, well, you're a little peon with one little tiny club. I mean, what, you know, I had no idea what to expect. Uh, every single person that I talked to was pleasant professional, willing to listen, um, and just talk to them from your heart, you know, talk to them from the passion that you have about our industry, about the positive impact that we have on people's lives. And if you do, if you sell them, so to speak, in the same way you sell your club, because it comes from your heart, you're going to be just fine. So, you know, that's, that's what I would say is don't, don't, first of all, the challenge is great because it's new. I mean, it's exciting. I'm one of those people that loves a challenge. I'm ready to take on something different. I like change actually. And, you know, so it's like, give me a new challenge. So for all of us as club operators, what a great new challenge to be able to dive into something different that's going to positively impact our business. And, um, and so, you know, and ask other people, how did it go? What else should I do? I'm always asking somebody as the clubs the, at the club solutions leadership retreat last year, uh, Gail Landers was sitting at my table. I said, okay, 
I'm getting a whole bunch of no's. What do I do now? <laughs> you know, he's like, okay, come back at him with this. Turn the question around this way. I'm like, okay, I got it. So, you know, you just have to, getting help from other people is a great thing to do too. And there's some so, so super knowledgeable and such, you know, wise and smart people in our industry. Ask them. They're always willing to listen and they're always willing to help in any way. So don't yeah. be scared of it. Just go do it. Yeah, that's definitely been my experience. We do have a lot of really great minds in the industry, including you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Learning from a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, is there anything else on industry advocacy um, that you want to talk about before I jump into just general leadership topics? No, I, I think we covered it. You know, Rachel, definitely project, you know, 435 is a big one for people to get involved in. And, uh, you know, make sure that you keep keep building that relationship with your local um, community with your health departments, with, you know, your, your city council members, your um, uh, state, you know, the people in your state legislature as well, because you're going to have to continue to build those relationships because those people change. You know, I've been in the, in this role here for 20 years. Well, there's been an awful lot of different city managers, city councilmen, there's been a different governor, there's, you know, so Make sure that you, if, if for any of those positions have new people in them, you're going to have to start over and reintroduce yourselves and start building a relationship with those people. So um, never stop doing that piece. Just because the pandemic could be going to an endemic and maybe we're seeing our way out of this doesn't mean this stops. It actually means you just shift your focus of what you're doing and building that relationship, but uh, stay after it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's the process. Thanks again to our sponsor, Club Solutions Mastermind Groups. The Club Solutions Mastermind Groups offer peer-to-peer -peer support that's affordable, convenient, and for all levels of health club management. Go to clubsolutionsmgx.com for more information. Yeah, so just changing topics to leadership in general, I'm really curious to hear what were your biggest learning lessons as a leader throughout the past two years? Oh, bit flexible. You have to be flexible and be ready to change on a dime. I think that was one of the things that was so challenging is you prepared because this is what you thought was going to happen. And literally an hour before you're getting ready to promote it to your entire, you know, organization of members and employees, they change it. And you've just spent the last three days trying to figure out what to do with that one. And you got to get something out because it's happening tomorrow. And you don't have three days again. So flexibility. Um, we got a much tougher shell, I think. You know, I always looked at myself. I was tough. I, I was tough. I could do this. But boy, we had to get really tough. Yeah. We had to get tough in, in the fact where you had to, like you asked me earlier, I, I was worried about having my first conversations with all these people, but I had to get tough. I had to get strong. I had to be courageous to, to do that. And the other is tough in that boy, you were taking a beating sometimes from your members, trying to enforce the mask mandate or trying to do this. And, and your poor team, you know, our, our, our 16, 17, 18 year old desk staff are just getting run over and you had to figure out how to make them tough. And you had to figure out how to go, you know, this is not personal. This is not against you. I'm sorry that you're going through it. Let's figure out what we can do together. Um, also, you know, you always think about your team and how important they are the last two years makes you realize truly, truly, truly how important every single person on your team is and the, the role that they play, because without 
any one of our staff members doing what it was they were doing, we would not have have survived. We would be different if any one of them dropped, you know, the ball in any way. And we really relied on one another. Um, I also relied on all of my colleagues, you know, fellow colleagues across the country. Oh my goodness, without them, I, I could have curled up into a little ball and just been <laughs> stuck. And um, and one, they wouldn't let us do that. We don't let one another do that. And the other is you know, you'd get energized by them. You'd hear something that was going on in another state or what they were able to get accomplished. And you're like, Whoa, we got to go do that. Let's get it done. Um, so, you know, you're constantly inspired by somebody that was able to, to make something good out of something that was so bad over the last couple of years. So those are a few things. Yeah. Yeah. It was really inspiring to see how the industry really tried to, uh, to lift each other up. It's a yeah. great industry. So it's a really great industry. I mean, think of the product we get to sell. Yeah. I mean, we're not selling cigarettes. We're not sorry, <laughs> but you know, we're selling a product that helps everybody. I mean, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. You know, speaking of that, what is your industry outlook? Are you feeling optimistic for the industry's future? I, if our club is any sign of where and what's happening, yes, because things are going in a great direction. I mean, we have, we've had, you know, our, our big, I think like so many clubs last year, record-breaking sales, which is really kind of a, an anomaly, I guess. But, you know, with a third of them being members that return, two-thirds of them being new people who That's joined amazing. our club during COVID. I That's mean, amazing. they had no idea what we even really were because we still had all these restrictions and all these things. And I kept thinking, oh my gosh, wait till they actually see what we can deliver. <laughs> They're going to stay forever. So, yeah. you know, the the great sales that we've had resigns are slowing down tremendously. Obviously the mask mandates being lifted and the other mandates being lifted, uh, his check-ins are just exploding and, you know, people are walking around happy and they're using the club and they're trying different things. And, um, it's it just financially we're going in the right direction. Things are, are moving up every single month. Um, our staff is re-energized because they're not getting beat up all the time and they can actually concentrate on delivering a member experience that we've wanted and, and tried to deliver this whole time. But boy, it's a lot easier. And uh, I, there's just some really exciting things that are happening in our industry. And, and it feels like it's coming back to life. And, you know, spring is always my favorite time of the year here in Colorado because you've had your cold. And even though winters in Colorado are not bad anyway, um, but spring is when, you know, the snow starts melting and the flowers start coming out. Everything starts turning green again. And it's kind of like what I feel our industry, what's happening to our industry right now. It's like in this rebirth and this regrowth of excitement and fun and energy. And, you know, with all of the the studies that came out during COVID. I mean, how many years have we tried to beat across, you know, beat everybody over the head that 80% that won't work out? I promise you, you're going to lose weight. You're going to decrease your high blood pressure. You're going to decrease cholesterol. We can help with cancer. We can help with diabetes. We, you know, yeah. it, it's been our message forever and we can't get them to change their minds. But somehow that COVID message a little bit where activity could either increase your ability to stay out of the hospital if you got COVID and potentially help keep you from passing away if you got COVID, that message helped a little bit. And we need to really strike while the iron's hot 
with that message because I do think more people started exercising during COVID or at least trying something because of those things. So now is the time our industry really needs to strike at that 80% with a little different twist to our message than what we've tried over and over and over again. And maybe we'll succeed this time to get that group of people exercising. And then there will not be enough health clubs to actually put the people in that really want us and need us. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a great problem to have. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a great problem. Yeah. Any thoughts on what the messaging should be? Um, any tweaks that we should make? Oh, Oh, Rachel, put me on the spot on that one. <laughs> um, it, you know, mental health has obviously come up as one of the the, the biggest um, things that really suffered for people, you know, in the last two years. And of course, fitness again is an answer for mental health. We've never really done a good job of advertising that piece. Um, just recently, you know, we use MXM and we have since 2014, which is a huge, an amazing tool. And if you're not using it, use it for sure. Um, and they have one, you know, our regular questions that we ask our survey, our members all the time. But then there's a special piece where we can ask questions that we personally want to customize. And we did a survey just recently and said, okay, what are your goals now, right now in 2022? 92% increase general well-being. Wow. That's never, I mean, weight loss has always been number one. Weight loss isn't even, I think it's maybe in the top four, like maybe fourth. It's general well-being. And it is what we're hearing over and over again is that people are looking at fitness in a different way. Yes, could it make me still lose weight? Yes, could it still increase my strength? Yes, can it still you know, boost my immune system? Yes, can it still increase my cardiovascular um, endurance? But will it improve my general well-being? And yes, absolutely it will. So our messaging is gonna be shifting a little bit to that. Our programming and the services that we provide to our members, um, we're not going to put out a program that's all about weight loss anymore because it's just not what is the most important. Are you going to get that? Yeah. But this other piece has become more important. So shifting that message a little bit to general well-being to, you know, I even had our, um, our uh, director of sales and retention come to me yesterday and he says, what is it going to take for me to, to convince you that we need to hire two therapists and actually have them on site? And I was like, well, okay, here was what we need to do. Boom, 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 boom. Is that the direction that a health club could go where we actually have, you know, we always had physical therapists on site. We've had spas on site. We've had, um, you know, clinics on site. Do we actually need to find an office for a therapist to be on site? Yeah. Maybe that's where we need to go. If we want to really take a look at this whole general well-being for people and know that that's been such a big focus of the last two years, maybe we need to carve out a spot to have therapists on site. And, you know, we've figured out a way to do um, bill insurance with registered dietitians. Well, that's, we could bill insurance through therapists and we need to be able to bill insurance for fitness, but that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. And um, I agree. I think the going, the mental health focus, root as a messaging um, angle is, you know, really good idea because 
that's a universal and relatable experience. I mean, anyone who joins a gym and does some sort of regular fitness routine has experienced the mental health benefits. Oh, completely. Well, wasn't it, I can't remember. I think it was Ursa. Did, was it Ursa that just came out with the, the connect that reconnect study and the information for after you're done exercising this amount of time, you automatically feel happier. Yeah. I mean, so, okay. Why wouldn't I want to feel that way every single day and multiple times a day? So keep moving, keep doing things, get up and, 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 and it'll make, if you get up and you walk around for a little bit, it's going to make you feel better afterwards. So why not try to move every day? Because you're going to get that sense of happiness afterwards. I mean, so, I mean, we should be doing it every day, all the time, multiple times a day. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Love it. Um, <laughs> you're always so inspiring, Paula. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to get, I talk too much. I know, but I talk way too much, Rachel. I get on these rolls. I'm like, she just needs to cut me off. <laughs> no, it's been great. Oh, I love it. Um, well, yeah. So mental health, obviously big trend right now. Um, any other trends that are top of mind for you that, um, other operators should be, um, thinking about. Well, obviously, I think everyone knows this one already is outdoors because because of COVID, everybody looked at what can we do outdoors? How can we do it? We can either go really big and like take an entire pad of your site and, you know, and change the whole entire thing. Or you can try to figure out how to make it work with this little tiny budget. And that's what we did. We we didn't have the funds, obviously, during COVID to be able to do something and we picked it like I'm looking at it right now, our tent out my window. Um, we've had a tent up all winter long with a turf underneath it and some of our older fitness equipment that we knew we were going to eventually get with some of our older kettlebells and older rower, older, you know, bike and, and put a TRX on the side walls, put up battle ropes on the side walls, put a little shed out there that had, you know, pieces of equipment that people could take in and out and in and out it's been fantastic. And it really was nothing. I mean, we, we just took things that we already had and put them out there all winter long. People were using it all winter long and they just, it, it, it makes you feel a little bit different. If you were somebody who was a little bit more cautious and wanted to be more cautious and you could go out there and still do something, or you just needed fresh air. And it was a gorgeous day in the middle of the winter in Colorado. And you wanted to be outside and we never had it before. So we're going to keep it and have it. And now that we've got some more funds coming, figure out how we can put some more money, invest into it and make it a little bit better and so forth. I mean, kudos to all of the, the places that already had beautiful outdoor facilities. I know um, Eric with California athletic clubs and stuff. Oh my gosh. They've had some amazing success with their outdoor fitness in California. And um they, they really did a wonderful job with it. And there's a whole bunch of places that really that have um, been able to take what they already had and make it better. And then those of us that didn't have it tried to do something and, you know, it was a benefit to all of us. So outdoor fitness for sure. A um, lot of people keep talking and asking about cycling and if it will ever come back because it seemed to take a little bit of a hit during COVID a lot because, you know, you couldn't buy a bike because everybody bought one during COVID because everybody was riding outside and so forth. Um, ours is coming back. You know, we've had some classes and some instructors that never really even took a hit. They were still, whatever our capacity was, they would fill it. And right now the same is happening. And, 
you know, we use stages flight and have stages bikes and um, cycling is a big thing here in Colorado. So our people, they were, you know, ready to come back to it and have been riding, you know, this whole entire time. Um, yeah, those are some of the things I think just to, to keep an eye on and watch for. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all great. Um, and then I also want to ask um, just a couple personal questions. Okay. Um, what, <laughs> what's a leadership book you could recommend? Well, I'll tell you which one I'm reading right now. I'll show you. Is this one? Okay. So the leadership. leadership. Yeah, leadership. This is the one I'm reading right now. Actually, my my Rex group is reading right now. This is another one that's I'm getting ready to read. Habits of right. a Champion. Okay. This one I'm excited about. So those are two that I'm going to be that, well, one started reading and the other one would like to start reading. Um, I heard about another one and I haven't looked up to, looked into this one yet. So I don't know, but my daughter is a basketball coach in, at Point Loma in California. And the other assistant coach brought a book out and my daughter was telling me about it. And I was like, oh, that sounds absolutely amazing. So you might have heard of it, Rachel. It's called Above the Line. No, I haven't. I don't know. So I don't know anything about it yet. Other than when she gave it to me, I was, I wrote it down right away and said, that sounds super, super inspiring. And it's like, A is above the line and how you work, but then B, C, D, and E were like, B is when you blame somebody else. C is when you, um, you know, do something. And yeah. So anyway, I was excited about all to look into that one too. So I don't know for sure, but we'll see. Yeah, I'll have to check that one out. And then um, since you shared, I'll share. Um, I have been, I haven't read it yet, but I got um, Brene Brown's new book, Atlas of the Heart. Um, I'm really excited to start that one. That one's basically about um, how we can use common language to identify emotions and communicate. Oh, wow. So yeah, I've read the first few books and it's really fascinating. So I'm excited to get into that one. How many books a year do you try to read, Rachel? Um, I try to read once, one a month. Oh Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, but I also wow. love to read fiction books. So there's a lot of there's a lot of fun fiction books in there too. My son, who's 23, just wrote his very finished his very first book. Oh my it's gosh, a, that's amazing. It's a horror novel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, honey. Tell that's me amazing. when I'm tell me when we're ready. And he's working with some publishers trying to get in edit, try to get some different things done. So I'm inspired oh, by him. That's so cool. <laughs> well, good luck. I hope he gets it published. Me too. Damn. <laughs> Well, I want to end with, um, what's a fun fact you can share about yourself? Oh my goodness. Oh, I don't know, Rachel. I love to have fun. I really do. I just, you know, um, I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know for sure what would be fun about me. Yeah. I, I looked at that and I was like, I've been thinking about that all morning. Go, what would that be? <laughs> I don't know. Some people think I'm annoying. I don't <laughs> I don't know anyone who thinks you're annoying. <laughs> My family does sometimes. Really? <laughs> Very much so. No. Uh, fun fact. Um, I can turn my tongue upside down. Okay. You ready? That is, that is fun. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh my gosh. And my daughter can do it too. So, and my mom can do it. So maybe it's a thing. There you go. That's a fun fact. Oh I'm jealous. I can't even believe I did that on, on a recording. <laughs> That's hilarious. And I'm jealous. I can't even like raise my eyebrow. Like, you know, you have some people can do like the dual eyebrow oh. thing. I can't do that. So my mom would do that. And then it would be, 
Paula Jean Brown. That was my maiden name, my middle name. Then I knew I was in trouble when the eyebrow went up and it was all three names. That was it. I'm in trouble. That is so funny. Awesome. Well, Paula, it's been, um, as always, amazing and fun to chat with you. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing all of your awesome insight with our audience. Thanks, Rachel. I always, always, always enjoy our time together. I appreciate it. And thank you for asking me. I'm always honored. Awesome. Thank you so much. And that wraps up this episode of the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. Thank you for listening. And if there are future topics you'd like me to cover in upcoming episodes, please let me know at rachel at clubsolutionsmagazine.com.